Welcome to Annersbrook Church. We hope that this message from our senior leader, Brent Lieberzeit, empowers and encourages you. To hear more from our church, make sure that you subscribe or visit our website at annersbrook.co.nz for a service near you. Well, so we've been talking about community, fellowship, and the idea that community is good, but fellowship's better. Community is a great place to start. In the New Testament, the New Testament church began with community and it led itself to fellowship. Acts chapter 2, verse 42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. And what was part of that fellowship? Do you remember what they did as part of the fellowship? What did it look like? Hanging out. All right? They were hanging out. They were hanging out with each other. They met every day. How's that for fellowship? They prayed together. They broke bread together. They, they were in their homes together. They were in the, down in the temple courts together. They just kind of hung, just hang, hung around with each other. They were in fellowship. It wasn't just a community of interest. It was a fellowship with a common purpose. And you can listen to the podcast last week in regard to that because I want to lead on from that this morning um, to talk about why we don't go into fellowship. Why do we stay at a community level? Remember, I said last week, community is more like where you live now. You know, you live in Nelson, those of you who are living in Nelson. You live in the community that you are in, but you don't know everybody. Whereas fellowship takes us beyond community to actually a, a, a knowing of each other and a sharing of each other. And, uh, you know, we sh- we're sharing each other's needs. We're sharing each other's, uh, uh, the, the, the knowing of uh, our desires, the knowing of relationships, the knowing of relationships with God and the, the importance of that. And so many people only get so far as community though. They never go any further than that. And there are reasons for that. Do you remember the three points I gave last week? It did have music attached to them. And does anyone remember the point number one? So remember, I was, we were talking about what it looked like for fellowship. And Paul was writing, he was in jail. Uh, the Apostle Paul, was, he was in jail, he was in, in Rome. And he was thinking about a, a, a group of people who he had had fellowship with. And he's, he's writing to them, it's in the, uh, to uh, the Philippians. So he's writing to a church in Philippi. And he's writing to them and he's, He's saying, you know, uh, look, you're, you're on my mind. Yeah. Remember we, anyone remember the song we did for that one? Yeah. I'm not going to sing it. You've got to sing it if you're going to sing it. Who was going to, oh, Jamie? No, Jamie, you're a bit fluey at the moment, aren't you? But. <laughs> Number two was, what? Okay, you're in my heart, Viv. Would you like to sing that song for us? Rod Stewart. Do you remember it? Okay, all right, I don't know. If you don't want to sing, that's fine. What about uh, number three? So Paul was saying, look, I've got you on my mind. I've got you in my heart. And thirdly, prayer. Prayer. I pray you'll be my eyes and watch us where we go. And help us to be wise. 
In times when we don't know, let this be our prayer. All right, you with me? When we lose our way, lead us to a place, guide us with your grace, give us faith so we'll be safe. A little bit of Italian, wasn't it? <laughs> I just I hear an echo. Okay. That was a special request this morning. Okay, so Paul's saying, look, fellowship looks like this. You're on my mind, you're in my heart, and you're in my prayers. That's fellowship. Community's just a place of interest. You know, I'm interested. I'm interested in church. I'm interested in Annsbrook. Uh, and, and, and often people, like, people who are interested often talk about them and they, rather than we and us. There's a, there's a difference. The Bible says that we have fellowship with Christ. So he's not some kind of aloof thought, but he's actually real and we can have a relationship with him. We have fellowship with Christ, we have fellowship with the Holy Spirit and we have fellowship with one another. The scripture tells us. There was a, a great question that was brought even last week, just which I thought was most challenging, it was very challenging for me. I th the question was, do I have people in my life that when I think of them, it brings such joy? Because remember Paul says, when every time I pray for you, I, I feel joyful. When I, when I think of you, I feel like there's joy. Do I have people in my life that when, when I think of them, it brings joy to me? Great question. And then there was this other question. Does anyone remember what that other question was? Am I the kind of Christian who brings joy to my fellow Christians when they think of me? That's, a, that's a, a good one, isn't it? So why don't many really get to know fellowship? What is it that stops people from moving from community to fellowship? Community of interest to fellowship of purpose. What is it that prevents us from going deeper with people? And I wanna share a thought with you this morning that I think could actually radically change some things in our world if we would truly, truly surrender something of what would really take us away from the things of, uh, and the knowing of what it is to be in fellowship. 1 John chapter 1, verse 6 and 7. I shared this scripture last week and I wanna share it again because it really is the introduction of all that needs to be said this morning. It says here, if we claim to be in fellowship with Him, and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. 
If we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. The blood of Jesus, His Son, purifies us from all sin. If we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, His Son, purifies us from all sin. So my question is, where does the light need to shine for us to have fellowship then with one another? Where does the light shine? Very good. The light shines in the darkness. And what happens is we as human beings, we carry a little bit of darkness with us. We're human. Saved by Jesus. But this is why the Scripture, why John is saying, look, we have fellowship with one another and remember the blood of Jesus, His Son, purifies us from all sin. So He's put that in there, but He's put it in there for a reason because there is darkness and we have the light of Christ bringing light to the darkness and remember it's the blood of Jesus that purifies you from all sin. In other words, there's a way that you can have fellowship with one another by embracing the fact that we've been forgiven. You've been forgiven. The blood of Jesus forgives us, cleanses us and forgives us. You've been forgiven. Therefore, there must be a way of embracing forgiveness. Forgiveness for one another. Because I think that ultimately, really, too many of us, we just harbour so much um, bitterness that we struggle then to actually have fellowship. Okay, let me, let me delve into this a bit further because you remember a, a few weeks prior, I spoke about Moses and Moses not being able to go into the promised land. He, stu- he got stuck in the wilderness, right? With, his, um, with, with the Israelites there. And one of the reasons for that was because Moses had an issue. He had some brokenness in his life that he had never really worked through. And you can read it there in, in the story of Moses in the Scriptures. But you'll find that there's a time when God gets kind of to the point of his, or to the end of his, um, what do you call it? Uh, you know, just Moses, just kind of like, I'm, I'm kind of done. Like what you, remember he struck the rock instead of spoke to the rock, okay? But it wasn't just that. It's that he actually had something in his life that was broken and he never really addressed it and never really fixed it. And it caused him to stay in the wilderness. And that was not God's preferred, preferred uh, place for him. God's preferred place was for him to go into the promised land. Okay, you're still, you're still with me. Yeah. So Moses did not reach his redemptive potential. And my fear is that we don't either. He did not go as far as he could have gone. He did not have the impact that he could have had. And it wasn't God's fault. The impact that he could have had, uh, you, you know, basically, uh, could have been far more, far greater blessing and favour. The land of the, the promises, the promised land. We have the promises of God right now, but so often we don't walk into the promises of God because we have issues going on in our life that have never been addressed. What was the issue of Moses? Do you remember? What was the issue of Moses? Anger. People were upset with him. He gets upset with them. He strikes the rock instead of speaks to the rock. But prior to that, you know, there were moments of anger right through his his life that he was not uh, dealing with. 
And I think today even that there are, we can be angry people, angry. It may not be lashing out all the time in anger, but there's, there's dormant issues in our life as well that come out under pressure, yeah, right. right? So it came out under pressure for Moses. He, was, he got angry because the people were, you know, there's no water here and getting upset with him as the leader. And, and so some people are angry. Others are competitive. You might pride yourself on the fact that you're competitive, but in actual fact, it can be an issue rather than just, you know, competitive. Uh, some people are territorial. This is my area. Some people are judgmental. Some people are hypersensitive. Some people struggle with self-esteem. Some people are driven. And their drivenness can sometimes be admired, that, that can be admired as really a symptom of a sickness that needs to be addressed. Brokenness needs healing. Otherwise, we bring our brokenness into fellowship and we never get fellowship. We just, we just limit our life to doing community because we have stayed in our brokenness and that is not the way to do relationships. We never reach fellowship because we're bitter, we're unforgiving, we're hard, we're aggressive. You know, don't get close to me. I wanna get close to you, but don't you get close to me. See, Moses wasn't spiritually immature, by the way, but he certainly wasn't emotionally whole. How far could Moses have really gone if he'd seen the issue in his life, if he'd dealt with it, if he'd addressed it? For years, the issue is there, right? But here's the thing. He's experiencing amazing worship. Amazing moments in the presence of God. He's teaching the Word. He's, he's praying for people. God is using him in miraculous ways, but he's not whole. And at some point in his life or through his, through his life, he has been injured. There is pain that has gone on in his world. Remember, we, we, we talked about that talked about what it could have been. The fact that his mother sent him down the Nile River in a basket could have had something to do with it. The wonder of, man, where was my dad when all that was happening? Who is my dad? He didn't even know really who his mother was. He was brought up in, 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 with the Egyptians. He wasn't, and, and he, here he was a Hebrew and an Israelite. You know, there was a whole lot of things that probably attributed to this unaddressed issue that was going on in his life. What does injury do? Well, injury becomes the wound that gives birth to something that Paul talks about, the Apostle Paul. And the Apostle Paul used this word because the Corinthians knew what he meant. Injury gives birth to strongholds. Strongholds. And when we say strongholds, sometimes we often think OCD you know, obsessive compulsive disorder, or we think uh, things like um, addictions. We often think that way, they, but they are purely the evidence of a stronghold. They're not the stronghold itself. They're just the evidence of, you're angry, there's evidence of a stronghold around your life. You're judgmental, there's evidence of a stronghold that you're, that, that's around your world. 
Uh, and, and so Paul speaks to it. He's not talking about the behaviour. He's talking about this. He's talking about a mindset. He's talking about a way of thinking, a way of thinking that engages me in that type of behaviour, whatever that behaviour looks like. And that mindset is often set up after injury. See, pain makes you think different. It makes you draw conclusions that aren't necessarily true. It makes you make conscious and unconscious vows to live your life a certain way. So what happens is we get hurt in one season and we make a decision then about how we're going to live in every other season. Parents who hurt their children, children are injured. They get wounded. And it becomes a stronghold in their life. Marriage, spouse gets hurt, injury takes place. Becomes a, a, becomes a wound, it becomes a, a, a stronghold in their life because they'll never trust again. Some might even say, I'll never ever marry again or whatever happens. But everything relational now is filtered through that stronghold. And your stronghold is what you think is there to protect you. And that's why Paul was able to say, we have strongholds because the Corinthians knew what it was because they lived in walled cities. Strongholds. Paul says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse four and five. It's on the screen. Yes, it's on the screen. Here's an answer for those of you who feel like you've got strongholds around your life. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. They have divine power to demolish strongholds. So as a Christian, those of you who have made Christ Lord of your life, then you now have weapons to actually demolish the very things that keep you out of fellowship. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Verse five, we demolish arguments. Anyone ever had an argument in your own mind? Right? We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Okay, so this is what Paul's meaning. He's saying, Paul says, you've got to demolish strongholds. They are anti-God. It's impossible to fully reflect all of who you're meant to be when you have strongholds. Strongholds are walls that are built to protect. They're walls that, that are built to protect you from outside threats. They protect me from injury. They protect me from harm. Not realising that the same thing that was built to protect me can become the thing now that actually hurts me and limits me. That's why Moses got stuck in the wilderness. The thing that was intended to protect me imprisons me. And here's the danger. You see, I can have a wall here and a wall there and a wall behind me and a wall over here Strongholds, I'm walking around with a, in a stronghold 
nobody can get to me. But the thing is, what's hard about this is that I can be moving this way and feeling like I'm moving. I can be moving this way and feel like I'm moving. So I'm moving, moving, I'm moving, and I feel like I'm kind of, it's good because I'm moving, but in actual fact, I realise after years, I'm not getting anywhere. I'm moving, but I'm not progressing. I'm moving, but I'm just not getting anywhere. And, and, and it's just same old, same old, cycle, cycle, 40 years, 40 years, wandering around. She'll be coming around the mountain when she comes. <laughs> right? I still have freedom to move so far, but I'm not progressing. Just going around in circles. We've been moving, but no measurable change in my life. I'm moving, but I'm just wandering in the wilderness. So what are these walls? These walls that we put up, what are they? It's not anger. It's not judgment, judgment being judgmental. It's, it's not those things. It's not OCD. It's mindsets. It's unbiblical thinking systems. They are ways of reasoning. And each time we get hurt, we add a brick. All in all, you're just a... Okay, all right. That's the way you want to play it. And over time, over experiences and over seasons, we can have a mindset, a thinking pattern that now limits us. We can have a way of thinking that limits our progress. Now, I may be parting the Red Sea, but that anger is still there. Strongholds, we think they keep us safe, but really we are trapped. And at some point we have got to go back and say, yep, maybe as a baby I was dropped. <laughs> Sorry. Um, some, some of us, we've got to go back and say, yes, I was abused. Yes, I've been abandoned. Yes, I've been left out to dry. Yes, I've been hurt. And yes, that's really affected me. Some of us, we really do. Maybe we've never ever unveiled or uncovered some of the, some of the strongholds that we, that, that, and what happens unfortunately with strongholds is they become our identity. They become who we are. And so Brent, you, you know, we're not gonna touch this because you touch this, this is all of who I am now. This is how I live. This is how I think. These, the, the, this mindset that I have, I, no, don't, let's, you know, this is, this is sensitive stuff. I'm not gonna go there. Brent, you might make me cry. But the reality is, it doesn't matter what happens to you, it's the, the, the reality is, when I mean, you know, how you go through this, how you deal with this. It's not what matters. What matters is you get free. Otherwise, you're just going to be living a life of interest rather than a life of fellowship. A life of community rather than a life of fellowship. I tell you what, you want fellowship. So much better. Fellowship with Christ, fellowship with the Holy Spirit, fellowship with one another. So that, me, that leads then, okay, well, how do I demolish strongholds? 
Well, by bringing everything captive to Christ, absolutely. Every thought, every argument, every pretension that you've been having with yourself, you've got to bring it, bring it to Christ. Captivate it and bring it to Christ. Captivate it, bring it to the Word. What does the Word say about that argument you're having right now? What does the Word of God say? Yeah, absolutely. But the biggest key is forgiveness. Which is still going back to the Word. But I think that Forgiveness has got to be one of the great, greatest dynamics of our culture even today that is not being displayed well, carried out well, thought through well, or even dealt with well. We have an angry generation. We, you know, they call it woke, but it's just, in my mind, I think it's angry. People who do not know how to deal with their brokenness And so they are, what are they doing? Lashing out, lashing out against the church even, lashing out against one another. Uh, For example, even the LGBTQI such and such plus plus uh, community, did you know they lash out at each other? Even in their own community. So there is this dynamic of brokenness that's in our world. We are all broken. We all need fixing. We all need healing. That's the reality. And lashing out is not going to, do, going to win. Any, it's not a win. But if we would learn what it is to carry forgiveness and to teach others how to forgive, then things are going to change. Forgiveness. Forgiveness is a choice. God says you need to forgive. He wouldn't say it if you couldn't do it. It's a choice, still a choice to do. Forgiveness is not forgetting. Forgiveness is choosing to not, to, hold, to not hold someone's sin against them anymore. It's, it's, it's praying prayers like, Jesus, I, I thank you for your forgiveness, now I forgive others. I'll tell you what, we have such an offended culture, such an offended people that the church has to rise up. This is the greatest time for the church, by the way. Uh, some people look at it and go, it's the worst time. For the-. No, I think it's the greatest time for the church. And one of the reasons for that is because we still have the answer. Jesus is still the answer for the world today. He is still the answer. He is still the solution. And the, 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 uh, the, the dynamics, the, the value system of, of the Christian life has power. When we talk about forgiveness, there's power in forgiveness. Things can change. And, and, and look, if you don't forgive, you will build walls around you that you think are protecting you, but actually they're hurting you. And unforgiveness can, can create bitterness and bitterness is a root there's a root of bitterness and the root can actually get so set into you, 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 you can't do anything else about it. So the, the Holy Spirit has to come in somehow, some way, in a deeper way to your life to actually cut the root of bitterness so that you can be free from it. And uh, it's one of the greatest ploys of the enemy in our culture today. And, uh, and I think that if we can get it right here, then we can, we can see it get right there, yeah. out there. If we can learn what it is, I don't want to be in community. That's boring. I mean, imagine that. 57 years of Annersbrook Church, for me, 
58 years, by the way, on the 23rd of this month. (laughs) 58 years. Imagine it was just community, just interest. You know, wouldn't it be right? We're having fellowship with one another. We want to have fellowship with one another. But I find time and time again that there is a, there are walls that people put up that hinder that. So right now, just, you know, where are you at? How are you? How are you doing? How are you? What do you want? What are you desiring for? You want to go deeper? You've got to get deeper yourself. It takes a friend to be a friend, by the way. Where's it at for you? Your own life in regards to strongholds. What stronghold are you having to deal with? What have you been told about you? Do you know your failings? Do you know your faults? Do you know, what do people say? Do they say you're judgmental? Do they they say you're, man, you're hypersensitive? What what, What are some of the things they say? I think we should listen. It might be a criticism, but sometimes there's a thread of truth in a criticism. Do you believe in yourself? I remember being told that by one of the guys here. Brent, you've got to believe in yourself a bit more. Okay, right. I took that on board. Take it on board. Learn how to actually work through some of the things that need to be worked through so that you can embrace fellowship. Fellowship with Christ. Unforgiveness holds you away from God. Fellowship with Christ. Fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Fellowship with one another. Father, Help us. Help us, Lord, to do this journey well. Help us to forgive. Help us to recognise what's in our life and to address it. You can be spiritually mature, but emotionally immature. I pray right now. Lord, that You would reveal what's going on deep within us. Reveal what's going on deep within my own heart, Lord. Help me to address the issue that I do not even see sometimes in myself that keeps people away, that keeps me away from others and even keeps me away from You. Right now, there might be some of you that you you just know, well, this forgiveness thing, people come to your mind straight away. The reason why people come to your mind or come to your mind straight away when talking about this forgiveness is because you actually need to forgive them. You need to remember forgiveness is a choice. So it's not a feeling. It's just simply a choice. So it's, it's not a feeling. You don't have to feel you, like you want to do it. You'll never do it if you want to wait for the feeling like you want to do it. Right? So it's a choice. So, okay, I choose today to forgive those who have hurt me. I choose today to forgive the, the, those who have created that injury in my life that has created a mindset that has, that has built walls around my life. I forgive them now. Maybe just even just right now, just a moment. We can just talk to God yourself. Just pray that kind of prayer and maybe name that person just in your own head your own mind, just name that person. Maybe maybe you're not there yet. Maybe you don't want to forgive. Maybe 
Maybe it's just the beginning. Maybe just pray, God, just would you help me? Help me find a, a, a pathway to forgive. Speak to me. Allow the Holy Spirit to come upon your life and give you a power. The weapons that we have to demolish strongholds are supernatural. They're divine. It's a divine power. There's a divine power in this place for you right now to be free from the things in your past where you've been hurt, where you've been abused. Your pain has carried you into a place of real lockdown and isolation. I was really believing the Holy Spirit, the anointing of the Holy Spirit is here to release you, to release you from that if if you'll let Him. Father, thank You that You're here. the Word of God or opposes Christ in us, opposes the work of the Holy Spirit. We demolish strongholds. One of the reasons why the Israelites, I believe, totally believe this, one of the reasons why the Israelites, uh, when they first got into the Promised Land, their first battle was the walls of Jericho. It was the stronghold. It was the stronghold that needed to be broken down. And I believe it was symbolic of the Israelites' mindset being changed from a wilderness mindset to now the promised promises of God mindset, the promised land mindset, a land flowing with milk and honey, a place of blessing and a place of favour. And that's where God wants you. That's where God wants you. But the strongholds have got to come down. And we're not talking about you doing it in your own way or in your own work. Yep, absolutely, there's work to be done, but the work of the Holy Spirit. Allow the work of the Holy Spirit to bring change, to bring a, 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 a take you from confusion and disorder, bring order, bring a, bring you into a place where you just know that something's clicked in your mind. The Bible says that we are transformed by the renewing of our mind. God wants to renew you. There's a renewing. The Holy Spirit is being poured out on your life even right now and just bringing a renewal of mind, releasing you from the past and bringing you into a whole new future. Father, I thank you. I'm so grateful. Grateful for all that you have done and for all that you're going to do. This is the greatest hour for the church right now. 
to settle with some things in regards to the Word of God and to live it out like never before and to change the world. Father, I pray that be so with Annisbrook, that be so with us as a people, as a church. We will be world changers in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. God bless you, everybody. Thanks so much. We hope you enjoyed this message. If you're wondering what the next step in your faith journey looks like, please get in touch with us. Email us at info at or visit our website, 